through. That one's going. This one going. Give me a couple minutes to just finish setting up here. I want to make sure that I can pull up any comments uh, on Facebook. Justin and Dylan. 
Yeah. And we were living, at the time, we were living on the south side of Chicago, and they felt that it was the, we needed to move to a more positive environment, because we were kind of on what we called the ghetto, so, you know, there was a lot of gun violence, gang wars, things like that, and my mom and stepdad felt that it was just time for us to leave that area. Okay. So, what happened was, we were about to move to the south side of Indiana, actually, and a couple days before we were about to move, my stepdad died of a heart attack. Okay, so your your biological father <clears throat> passed away. Mm-hmm. Your stepfather passed away. Yes. Ooh, man, that's a lot of loss for, for, a young, for a young man to deal with. It was, and the crazy part was this. When my stepfather died, I remember, I can remember this day as clear as the sky. I, my mom told me to go upstairs and wake him up because she was making breakfast and we were about to go to school. And I go upstairs and wake him up and I'm shaking him, shaking him. He's not moving, not moving at all. And, you know, at first I thought he was just, like, messing with me. How old were you at the time? I was, I want to say, seven, I believe. Okay. So you were still a kid. Yeah. Still pretty young. And my other, my brother, Justin, he was laying in the bed right next to him. But Justin was awake, but he wasn't, like, doing anything. Are you so the oldest? I'm, yeah, I'm the oldest. And so he wouldn't move, so I went downstairs, got my mom, and then she called the ambulance. And then that's when they found out he'd actually died of a heart attack in his sleep. So your mom... What's your mom doing at this point? Then? My mom, she was, well, at that time, she wasn't working right there at yeah. that time. So she was just, like I said, she was downstairs at the moment, you know, cooking breakfast, getting ready. And once I told her, I'm like, hey, Jesse, that's his name, Jesse, he's not waking up. She's like, okay, well, let me go see. And then she just immediately calls 911, and I saw her busting tears, and I'm like, oh, well, this can't be good. So how does your mom handle all that? Is your mom still alive? Yeah, my mom's okay, still alive. Good. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> You've had a lot of loss already. Right. Um, How's your mom handle all that? Um, my mom, you know, honestly, she held, she she handled it like a champ. You know, like as much as it hurt her, she was still her main concern was her children to make sure that everything could be taken care of her children. But see, the problem was is that we didn't have the money to close on that house yet. My stepdad had the me and my mom could never find the money that he had. So because of that, we became homeless. Because like I said, my mom wasn't working at the time. So we lost our house, and we were on the streets for a couple days. And we actually moved into a shelter called the Armani House in Chicago. All right. Where's that at? I never heard of it. Um, I can't exactly remember where it was. But I know it was it was somewhere on the south side, because it was relatively close to where we had lived. Right. So she went back home, like back to where she was comfortable. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so you were... In a shelter? Was no, our whole family was in a shelter. The whole family? Describe yeah. that for me. What was that experience like? That was that was a rough experience. I mean, some people, some of the children, we didn't get along. Me and my younger brothers, we didn't get along with. So they were rooted in the fights, you know, parents arguing about just silly things, whether it's who's eating what, or children are doing things, someone's not watching their children, things like that. So it was a really rough experience, and I never liked it. So then, after that, we actually got a break, and we moved in with my uncle. And my uncle, he was, he's been, like, the number one top role model in my life. Where's he from? He's from, he's originally from Chicago, too. Okay. Now, actually, he passed away two years ago, also. So that was devastating. But so, like I said, at the time, we were living with them. And then, about two months in, their landlord found out that we were living with them. And because we weren't on their lease, we couldn't stay there anymore. So we moved into the shelter, which is, I can't remember the name of the shelter, but it's right by that altar of food. But so we lived there again, 
and we lived there for about I want to say that's when we we were in, when we moved to Joliet. Cause my uncle lived in Plainfield, so we went from Plainfield to Joliet. So we were there for about six months, and then we actually moved out of that shelter to another shelter in downtown uh, called Daybreak. Very familiar with Daybreak. Yeah. So we were there for quite a while, and finally, my mom got a call because she had registered for Section Eight, trying to get a house. Because, like I said, she was a single parent supporting three kids. You know, it was really rough at that moment. So, so real quick, how old are you at this time? At the time, so we moved to Joliet. So when we were moving to Joliet, that is right when I started TAF. So I want to say is that seven, eight, eight, eight years old? Somewhere around there. Okay. So that's when you guys went from the shelter over here on the west side to the shelter on the east side. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I got it. And when you guys transitioned from west side to east side, did you change schools? No. I still stayed at TAF. You stayed at TAF. How do you how do you get there? Um, we had the bus that came and picked pick me up and we draw, brought me back and forth. Okay. And so you guys were in the shelter for roughly two years. Yeah. Right? Um, your mom got a job? Yeah. Where'd you guys end up going? She, um, she actually landed a job at the Currency Exchange right down the street here. So she was working there for a while. On Jefferson? Yeah. All right. So like I said, we got the call. We actually moved to Morris. And then since then, we've been living in Morris. What about in Morris? Um, we live all the Courthouse. Are you still staying with your mom? Yeah. Okay. And 
married? No. Not married. Okay. I'm in a, I'm in a really great relationship, though. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. So, what's your future plans? I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be back, bouncing back and forth for your story, man. So what, what's your future plans? My future plans right now, I'd like... So, actually, at JJC, like I told you, I was going for web development. Yeah. I had a change of heart because I realized it wasn't what I wanted. So, I took a little time off to find what it really was I really wanted. And that's when I actually discovered Primerica. Okay. And so during then, I realized I like sales. I'm a big, I love sales. So I decided to go back to JJC for marketing. So right now, this is still my time off, but in January, I'll be enrolling back in to finish school. For marketing? Yes. All right. So, to, I mean, dude, this is your opportunity to sell what you got, right? So, right. so you're, you're, you're using Primerica, right? Yeah. You're with Primerica. What do you do? Okay. So with Primerica, we're, I'm known as what we call a financial advisor. So basically, I help people. I help them get out of debt, protect their income, and retire. Retire quickly than most people will without help from anyone else outside of what they do. And how do you do that? So how do we do that is we provide, so by protecting your income, we provide term life insurance. Getting you out of debt, we have a uh, what we call a snowball debt stacking method where we can get you out of debt 10 to 15 years quicker. And also for the retirement part, we have a bunch of uh, investment companies that we actually work with to get people retired or whether they just want to save extra money or send their children to college. All right, so this is the, I'm going to try to promote you as much as I can. I mean, it, this is where I, I see your background, right? And, and and I love that you're pushing forward. And that, that's the big thing. Right. You know? So... If somebody wanted to contact you, how do they contact you? Um, you can contact me through my Facebook page. I also have a Facebook business page, and I'm also I have business cards. So I market myself in various different various different ways. All right. So so at, when this conversation's over, what I want you to do is put a link to the in the comment section, so that okay. way anybody who wants to hook up with you can just click right on the link. Okay. Uh, one of the things that that I'm trying to do with this page, right, is is promote positivity. Right. And for somebody who, who grew up homeless, man, you've had a lot of loss in your life. Right. You, you mentioned that you know your your family is the driving force behind why you do what you do. Right. How can you stay positive? Like, how can you how can you keep searching for success in, in what you're doing? Honestly, it all came from my mom because a few years ago. So when we moved to Morris, and my mom. We were, we were doing pretty well while we were living there. But then due to, I can't remember what happened, but my mom actually lost her job at the currency exchange. So then... Was she driving from Morris back to the currency exchange? Yes, every day. So one that happened was, when she lost that job, she got into selling drugs. Because she realized there was still a need to feed her children. Hey man, keep it real, dude. I get right. it. I get it. I, I, I'll tell you my story after this is over. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... She actually, she sold to an undercover cop, and she went to jail, believe it or not, the first day of my freshman orientation at high school. Wow. So when my, when her boyfriend at the time picked me up, you know, he told me, hey, your mom's going to jail. I mean, I just got out of the car and I lost. Because, you know, it's like, my mom had been, like, my best friend this whole time. We've had each other's back through all the things that we've been through. And to lose one of my best friends, you know, that was devastating. How long was she gone for? Four years. Actually, no, three and a half because she came home. So almost your entire high school career, yes. she wasn't there. She came home junior year, right right after, it was right in the fall, right before Thanksgiving is when she came home. At, at any, so so I, I also, you know, lost a parent a little bit differently than you did. 
Right. I also lost a parent. At any point in time, were you angry? Oh yeah, I was very upset because it was it was honestly one of the roughest points in my life because it's like I was so upset with my mother for what she did, but at the same time, like I understood she had to do what she had to do to take care of her children. So I was always going back for it. I was I carried such an angry life mood around twenty four seven. I get it. And and how did you turn that anger into something positive? So like let's let's when she got out, mm-hmm. what was it like for you? It was it was shocking because okay, so when she went to prison, my uncle he moved from where he was living in Virginia to come take care of us. Whereabouts in Virginia? Uh, I can't remember where he lived in Virginia. But so he was taking care of us and he had diabetes. Now my uncle he never took care of his diabetes. He's always like, I'm a trooper, I got this, don't worry about it. Well, his wife, his uh, eyesight started getting worse. You know, everything just started tumbling down one thing after the other. So I became sort of like a man of the house, basically. I took care of whatever how, he could. How old? I was, at this time, 17. 17. So I was making sure my brothers got up in time to go to school. I also made sure whatever money that my uncle didn't have, I worked the job. Where'd you work at? Uh, pilot get pilot flying J at the gas station out in Morris. So I was working there, making sure whatever bills that weren't able to be covered, I could cover them for until my mom came home. And then, like I said, a little bit after that, my uncle had passed away. So then things kind of shifted because my mom was home then. So it was kind of like a relief because now I didn't have to take care of everything, but I still had that mentality. She wanted to take care of it. Was she able to get a job? Um, yes. She actually, she got out of prison and got work release out in Aurora. I can't remember where in Aurora. But, you know, so she was working and she had money coming in. So we were, actually, we were doing pretty well for the moment. All right. And so you're 17. You're the man of the house. Uh, your role models, you know, kind of hit or miss at times. Yeah. Because you know, your father passed away. Your stepfather passed away. Your uncle passed away. Right. Your mom went to jail. What inspired you to go on to college? Because, like, I know my background, and I didn't have anybody, you know, college-bound in my background. Right. And so, and it doesn't sound like you had too many college-bound people no. in your background. So, what inspired you to go on to Tijuco? Um, well, first, I knew I was going to be the first one to go to college and finish college because my mom, she before she had me, she was actually in college. Oh, yeah? And so, but then she had to drop out because she had kids. So that kind of, that was one of the things that motivated me to like go on and get a better education. And also, no offense to my mom, but I wanted to live a better life than her. I get it, man. I get it. So that's that's one of the main things that inspired me to go to college. Okay, so I'm just checking to see if there's any. Uh, so you got a lot of people that are saying they're proud of you. Uh, you know, you're doing great. Um, what's your plans for after JUCO? Um, my plans for after JUCO. So once I get my associates in marketing, um, it's still kind of hesitant to me, but for sure, one thing, I want to finish building my primary business, but also, I'm thinking about going to either a four-year university right now, well, after I finish you obviously, to get a bachelor's in marketing, All just right. have a bachelor's degree. And you want to stay with Primerica? Yes. Do you need a bachelor's degree for that? No. Okay, so now this is where I'm going to play the old man, right, and start uh, start giving out advice, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, and this is where I, I financially, because I like finances too, right? Right. So, how much is college going to cost? Are you taking loans? No. no Good loans. for you. 
keep it up, man. That's why I love JUCO, right? And so, how much is college going to cost you? Um, so, when I leave JUCO and I decide to go to a four-year university, mm-hmm. depending on where I go, it could be anywhere from like ten to fifteen grand per year. Yeah, per year. All right. And so you'll have two years left, mm-hmm. and you're in a relationship. Yes. Okay. You guys planning on having any kids? Yes. All right. And I, I have kids, right? I grew up in I grew up in the east side of Joliet, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was rough over there. Right. And my I guess my question for you is, how do you want to bring your impact on this So like now I'm looking big picture, right? right. What's the impact that you plan on having on this world? See, my impact, okay, so it, it mainly comes from my, like, being homeless in my primary. You got, a, dude, you got a story, man. So, here's how it is. So, I'll tell you, when I got introduced to primary, at first, I couldn't figure out a reason why God brought me this opportunity in my life. You know, he, he was trying to show me something, but I was 18, I just turned 18, no, I was 18, I was 19. So, I was still going through the motions of life, not figuring out things. And then, it finally hit me. Primerica relates to my background because, like I said, when my stepdad passed away, we couldn't find that money to move into another house. If my, if I would have known the things from Primerica that my, that I could know when I was younger, my family would be much secure right now. If I can go out to the world and teach other people how to make sure their income is protected, so they never have to be homeless, worried about a loved one losing that income, you know, losing them, you know, emotionally. I hurt them emotionally, why not do that? Why not help other people keep themselves together rather than losing everything just because of money? I mean, money's not everything, but it kind of holds everything together. And I agree. I mean, it's important, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they say money isn't everything, but it sure does help. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, all right, so so you, you've given us your big picture plan, right? Right. You want to be able to help people secure finances. Yes. All right. Now... What's your strategy? How are you going to do? Because you're 20, man. I didn't have right. that head on my shoulders when I was 20. I'll be honest with you, right? I was right. in school working at Sands Club. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have that head. So so what's your game plan? How do you hope to make that happen? My game plan is just simply talking to new people every single day. Because the more people I can talk to, the more people that I can comfort them, get to know them, and just let them know that I'm not at all just to sell them something and just get over them. I'm here to build a relationship with them. And so, just like I said, meeting with people every single day, meeting new people every single day. So just small things to help get to the bigger picture. All right, so what do you do? I mean, obviously you're doing this. You responded to me right off the bat when I put it out there for a story. Right. Um, how are you going out to meet new people? Um, I get, so I meet new people. I work, so right now, outside of America, I work as a pizza delivery driver, actually. Do you listen to Dave Ramsey? Yeah. Because, <laughs> man, I'm starting to hear that story come out, too. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. So, so I always wanted to ask you how you doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. I've got my game plan secured. So, like I said, you know, I meet people that way, um, through Facebook especially. And I also go through, I go through a lot of uh, social networking events. That's how I really meet a lot of people. Like, this last, actually during the summer, I went to a uh, Men of Excellence conference where we, we promote young men to finish school and also stay in touch with each other, you know, because a lot of people nowadays, everyone's kind of self. They like to stay by themselves, not talk to anyone else, you know, it's just a high and by 
know how you do it, you know, let's chit chat for a little bit. You know, the more I talk to you, the more it's just like peeling an onion, right? Uh-huh. It's like there's just so many layers. <laughs> so you can't, I'm just not going to let you brush over that topic right there. Um, Men of X, how are you going about inspiring these people to, to finish school? What do you guys do? Like, where are you guys located first? Well, it's, um, it was an event. The actual thing that we're part of is called Trio from, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with Trio from uh, Juco. I've been out of Juco 20 years. Ah, man. okay. <laughs> so Trio, Trio was an excellent program that I got introduced to. And so it's basically just students who are on the low income side, you know, things like that. They bring it to the program. And they supplement them with whether you need a mentor, um, advice for school, you know, things like that. Cool. So, we didn't have that when I was there. Really? Yeah, I wasn't there when I was there. Wow, that's so, so you, you guys mentor people that are coming mm-hmm. into Juco. Yeah. All right. And anybody can do this or anybody? Yeah. anyone so, can join. All right, so anybody can join. And how do they contact you in this? Because like, you, you got a great story, mm-hmm. right? And, and your story is inspiring. And so when they sign up to for a mentor, when they sign up for a mentor, how do you get in touch with them or what, what happens then? So how it works is they well, when they come into JJC and they go in the trio office, they'll actually speak to the one of the trio ladies that's at the uh, front desk. And then they talk to an advisor, because we have trio advisors. And then after that, they'll place them, they'll contact one of us, like one of the mentors, and they'll say, this is so-and-so, you know, maybe you can give them just a tour around the school, you know, help them out with certain things that they may or may not need. So that's how we get in contact with them. So they have to go through, they have to go through the advisors and everything, and then they get to meet with us. All right, so, so you act as a mentor. It's almost like a big brother, right? So you, you keep playing that role of big brother again. I love the role of big brother because, like I said, you know, losing my real dad and my stepdad and having my uncle as my only mentor, like, it showed me that there's a need for people to have mentors. Because some people are just lost in life after losing certain people or having certain things happen to them. So, if they have no one to help them go through life, you know, they're kind of just hanging, hanging on by a thread. Yeah, so, you said a few other things when you first started talking about Trio and how the people are a little bit more closed off than they used to be, you know, it's like they do their own thing, they're not not out there communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think that we can improve that, because that's actually one of the goals that I have with this page, is to improve communication among people that you see on the street, right? And so, how how can you guys help to open everybody up to improve that communication? The main thing that I believe in is just a small thing. So, you know, most people, when they look at each other, for example, facial expression, most people are just, you know, they're not. But see, me, when I come in contact with someone, even if I don't know them, like if I'm just at the gas station, I walk by someone, I'll smile. Because, you know, that makes a huge difference in someone's day. When you smile and say, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Oh, that's great. You know, just a simple, small talk conversation, smiling. You know, because most people, they walk around there like this. They're on their phones. So, you know, put your phone down for a second and just look up and smile and interact. So that's what I believe. Uh, that, that's awesome because I, I totally agree that, you know, the generations are getting away from this. Yes. And it's, it's a lot more of this. I, I, and, I see it firsthand. And, and so it's, it's hard to develop that relationship if there's never that eye-to-eye or right. you know, handshake. Uh, I worked at Sam's Club forever, it seems like. You know, and Sam Walton was still alive when I was working there. I don't know if you know Sam Walton. No, I don't. Yeah, so Sam Walton was the, the guy who started Sam's Club, right? Walmart Sam's Club. And uh, 
he had a rule in the store that if you were in that store, it was called the 10-foot rule. If you came within 10 feet of anybody in that store, you had to acknowledge them and ask them if you could help them in any way. And so, essentially, you're, you're saying roughly the same thing. Yes. You want to acknowledge and, 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 and help other people that are out there. Dude, that's, that's honorable, man. That's awesome. So, this is going to be watched by roughly, I'm going to guess, 600 to 1,000 people. There's a lot of people out there in the neighborhood, right? Right. How can these people help you? Um, help with me, just getting in contact with me, and, you know, whether... You want to be a friend, you want to be a mentor to me, or maybe you know someone, or maybe you want to be a mentor to someone else. So, you know, just getting to know me, because that's how people help me, because if you get to know me, I get to know you, we get to build a relationship, we connect, because let's say, for instance, there's something that you might need that I have the power to get to, so if you know me, I can help you get there. Awesome. awesome. And are you doing any, uh, kind of marketing-ish, but are you doing any workshops? Um, at the moment, no. But honestly, I've had, I've had some ideas about doing workshops. I'm just they're not like finalized. But I'd like to do a like small workshop where maybe you know I get some people together and you know do positive thinking kind of thing. Because I didn't mention this, but part of what I do every day is when I wake up. Believe it or not, I love this. I got, <laughs> I got this small little notepad, and I write you know something positive just to keep me going through the day. I write a goal that I want to have accomplished by the end of the month. And I do it every single day. And a habit I actually just picked up, which a lot of people will consider me weird for doing this, I wake up at 5.30 a.m. and after I get, and I go to the gym. And after I get home from the gym, I take about 15 to 30 minutes and I read a self-development. Who really you read? My mind. Who you read? Okay, so I just I just finished, I don't know if you heard, I can't remember the author name, but it's Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey. Yep. Okay. And right now, I finished that, so now I'm reading Think and Grow Rich wow. by Napoleon Hill. Man, you're like going big dog on books, <laughs> huh? Okay, so so in terms of the, the Stephen Covey, let's get back, because man, now you're starting to talk my language here. <laughs> and, and it's awesome that you're 20. Right. right? I didn't start thinking like you till a couple of years ago. Right? And I mean, I'm, getting, I'm a lot closer to 40 than I am to 20, right? <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I just start thinking like that. So, in, in terms of the Stephen Covey thing, what did you pick up most out of that book? So, like, what, what oh, really impacted man. you out of that, that oh, seven oh. step, that, that seven habits? It was really changing my mindset. About, I was, like I said, when my, when my mind went away, I wanted something negative about everything. I never would speak positive things. So that's what I really took away from that. Becoming more positive about everything. You know, whether it's just simple, like, you know, something goes wrong during the day. You know, like, let's say, you know, you might crack the phone screen, you know, someone makes you mad in traffic. Instead of freaking out, take a second, calm down, and realize it's just something simple that you can always overcome. Because a lot of people overreact. So instead of overreacting, I like to be, I like what, what he said in the book is be proactive. Know that things are gonna happen, but know the way to handle it. So, so now I, I want to get more into the personal stuff now. Who are you following on Facebook? So, like, who are you? Because you're, you're mentoring, you're playing Big Brother. Who's playing Big Brother to you? Who's helping you out? Um, so, who's playing Big Brother to me is actually my primary mentor. His name is Jaylord Henderson. He is like he's phenomenal. He's always has my back, and you know, he's always sending me. We also listen to a lot of audios from like million dollar earnings and things like that. Just what you do on a daily basis. And another person, which he actually just recently came so, to my so job. Hold on. 
<laughs> what do you do on a daily basis? So like I was saying, getting up every day at 5.30 a.m., going to the gym, writing my goals down, reading my books, and then from time to time, I have certain periods where, depending on how my days go on, I stop listening to music, and I'll go to SoundCloud, and I'll listen to an audio. And these audios could be just, what am I doing right now to help myself get better, uh, more about the primary of the business, things like that. Okay, so so Jay Lord is your mentor. mentor. Okay, cool. And who are you following on Facebook? Um, Facebook. I'm not really following anyone on Facebook. Who are you following in uh, podcasts? Uh, how are you getting your information aside from reading? It's actually all of our people in Primary because they've already done everything. So what they do is is they from all the all the mentors that they've had, they now mentor the younger and all the people who are coming up. So that's all I follow. So for instance, uh, Hector Lamarck. Bill Widow, these are all people who are in Primerica. So, them, and then there's also one other person that I forgot to mention. I don't know how I forgot to mention. He's actually our stepfather now. His name's Cornell Cooper. He is like, he's the man. That's, that's, that's all I can say. I've never met someone as phenomenal as him. He's so humble, and it's just, I'm so thankful for a mentor like him in my life. So, so Kiko, what makes him phenomenal? What's, what's so he was so a little bit about him. Um, he was born here in the states, and at the time, his mother was having too many children. So his grandmother came over from uh, I can't think of it. What is it? Um, give me a second. It will come. I can't remember. Bailey's. That's what it was. Bailey's. Bailey's. Yeah. So she came and she took him over to Bailey's and raised him. And he lived a little rough lifestyle over there. And then he came back to the states, and next thing you know. What he was telling me was is he wound up going to school, getting his degree, got a great job, and then also... He went to college. Yeah, he went to college. Okay. And his father mentored him every day, and now he's he's very successful. He works, he has a great job at uh, Ecolab over here, at the factory over here. Um, he runs his own cleaning business. Yeah, he runs his own cleaning business. And he's also, he's very wealthy. But if you ever saw him on the streets, he's just a normal, average person. But because of everything he's been through in his life, it makes him more humble. So, you know, just a, I don't know if you know who Gary Vanderchuk is or Gary Vee. Yeah, uh, but uh, Gary, yeah, Gary Vee, right? And so so he, you, you, your stepfather actually had an advantage by being an immigrant and coming over because that just that there's hard work that's just embedded. Right. And with you, based off of your history, there's hard work embedded because you you had a, enough you know, enough hardships to understand how the value of work, right? Right. Now we live in a society, you know, where it's a lot of me first, mm-hmm. and you know, give, 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 give. What do you? Th- how do you think the younger generation can change their mindset to be more like that? For me personally. I dislike the me, me, me first thing kind of thing. Now, here's my other concept. I take care of myself first, but at the same time, if there is someone who needs my help, I'm right there with them. Because I've learned from past experience, I used to put a lot of other people first, so I was taking care of myself first. And it actually backfired on my end, because I realized I wasn't happy with my life, but I was happy helping other people. So I hit a down point where it's like, I have to find a solution to this. So, take care of yourself, but don't be so selfish about it, if that makes sense. Right, I get it. And so, 
the value of, of hard work. Um, I mean, I see you know, waking up at five thirty in the morning, dude. I don't wake up at five thirty. <laughs> Uh, so the value of waking up at 5.30 in the morning, going to work out, coming back, doing some self-reflection. Do you think that the younger generation can do what you do? Is, oh, it, yeah. is it possible oh, to do definitely. what you do with, with young kids? Now, see, the only thing that is missing is the motivation. Most people won't, will not do it. It's Why something, not, man? Why it's, not? It's just something that it comes from inside. It's just like... Most people look at me when I say I go to five thirty. When I go to the gym at five thirty, they're like, "I sleep in. I sleep in." Like my girlfriend, for instance, she thinks I'm crazy because I do this. And she she's the type that she can sleep in until like twelve afternoon. But me, on the other hand, I'm working hard because there's something that I want. In order for me to receive that, I have to be in the right mind state to receive what I want. I can't get. I can't earn a million dollars having a low low mindset. I have to have a higher mindset, and I have to accept that. So if I have the right mindset and prepare myself for it, I can see. Okay, so now, <laughs> again, I'm older, right? But, man, you 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 got a head on your shoulders. So who's teaching you like, mindset, right? I mean, that's something that you, that's a word you hear thrown around a lot today. I actually used it a little earlier. And I did, a, I did a, a quick live, a Facebook live. Where did you pick up that mindset shift? When I got introduced to Primary. Okay, so this is a huge influence on me. Yeah, so Primary really changed my life. It literally did, I literally, it literally flipped me upside down, basically. Because like I said, you know, I was dealing with so much negativity, and I got brought into an environment with so much positivity. There was so much, like for instance, let's say, you know, you're working, and you're at work, and let's say something goes wrong, and your manager yells at you. Now, for instance, in Primerica, if we do something wrong, there's no yelling. There's, let's sit down and show you the right way to do it. And that's and I compare that to my life. Every time that I would do something wrong, I would yell that. But now, I'm being shown the ways to correct things. So, really, Primerica changed my whole mindset. And it's just, it's coming from book reading and listening to audio. And once again, it's from my mentor in there, Jay Lord. He was the one who inspired me to really change my mind. How, how many... How many books have you read, let's say, in the past year? Um, so I didn't pick up book reading actually until a few months ago. So I've read, so I've read two so far, which, like I said, Think Mirror Rich and then Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. What else is on your reading list? Um, Who Moved My Cheese? Gosh, man, Simon Sinek, huh? Yep. Jeez, you're I'm, going like big dog in terms of books, man. I love it. Because actually, it. I'm in the process. I have to share my reading list with you. Okay, that would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see what you got. Yeah, because because we're on the same authors <laughs> right now, so I have to share my reading list with you. So well, you don't have to go out and find these people. <laughs> um, so so again, you've already said how people can contact you. Uh-huh. Is there anything else that you want to bring up during this interview? Time is yours. Um. So, like I was saying, you know, like with Primerica, it really changed my life. And most people don't like something like Primerica because when you're introduced to a company that is not an actual job, it kind of throws you off. Because if you think about it, a lot of us are either low class or middle class mindset. So we believe in the nine to five, you know, 40 hours a week, go home, spend time with the family, weekends off, you know, things like that. Now, I mean, now, now there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing, nothing wrong with my, that. My, yeah, you know, yeah. So, so my dad no, was a no offense to anyone. I, I hope no one's yeah, offended. Yeah, I, I get it. And, 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 I, and I see where you're coming from. 
and, and the reason why I want to jump in at that point because I share that same mindset, right? Right. And there's a lot of people that don't share it, mm-hmm. and it's not for everybody. Right. And so I, I want to make sure that I throw that out there that you know I, I work in an environment where some people they want to do that nine to five and they want to spend the time with family. Right. And so I get it. I get it. But based off of where your history is at, you want more. Yes. I I, I, I just want to make sure that's clear yeah. for the people that are going to watch this. Right. Right. So so you're you're saying that because you want more. Right. All right. So you also said that you know some people may not like premier. I don't understand that section because man, you just told me it changed your life, it's revolutionary, <laughs> and then you're going to tell me some people may not like it. So right. So go on with that. It's kind of like I said, it's not for everyone because in primary, I feel like I said you can't come in with the middle class with the the mentality of a nine to five. Like I said, nothing wrong with that, but it's so much different because in Primerica, you don't have a boss watching over you. There's no pressure. It's based off of what you want and how bad you want. So most people, if they're given the free time to do what they want in Primerica, most people aren't going to focus that unless they really want it. They might focus it on, let's say, we'll go out, yep, exactly, or playing video <laughs> games, like, yeah. A lot of people that I've met, you know, they, there's another thing. I actually gave up playing video games because of primary. I got <laughs> you, you say it like it's a big deal. That's that's cool, man. Video <laughs> games, I'm like, I haven't seen those in forever. <laughs> All right. So so you gave up video games because of Primerica. I, I like that Primerica has this positive influence on you, right? Um, but I still don't quite understand why it would be a bad thing. Why some people, why it may not be for some people. Because all I hear from you is, Where is the negative in this? Because like I said, it's transferring from, because America is a business, and it's transferring from a job mindset to a business mindset. Most people can't handle that, you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying now. So you're saying the negative comes from leaving the cave, killing something, and dragging it back. Yeah. You you, you sow what you reap. You reap what you sow. So, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's not handed to you. You gotta go up there. And right. So yeah, you gotta work hard. You gotta get up, and that's why I get up in the hustle every single day. Because <laughs> some of my friends, if they maybe watch this with the high school with me, they all know. So at one point, you know, I was like, man, I need to make some more income. So what can I do? Okay, so hold on here. still going. Is it? Yeah. My girlfriend texts me. She's like, I see you. <laughs> Can you check this on your phone real quick and just make sure that yeah, it's still recording? Yeah, it looks like people are still able to watch it. It might be the internet here that I can't, uh, that I can't tap into. It looks like it's it looks like it's this internet. Yeah. Okay, so we're still we're still going. Okay. Alright. So you're waking up at five thirty in the morning, you're working out, you're doing self reflection, mm-hmm. uh, you've kind of left that, you've said it a few times, middle class mindset. I know where you're at with that. Um, so it, it's not that that mindset is bad. No, no, it's just not for you. Right. So And I hardly believe in that because I'll never knock someone for what they believe in because, you know, right. that's what you believe in. So I would never, I never want to tear down your beliefs. I want you to build up your beliefs. So I love it. 
right. So anything else that you want to add? Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna end the conversation here. Uh, that's pretty much it. But I'm gonna throw in like I was telling you that story before we realized. So. Back in high school, like I said, I was looking for another way to make some more income. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was, is my best friend's grandma, they ran like a family fun day over at the Slammers Park over here. Yep. And so we get a lot of vendors coming in. And one of the vendors, they always brought packs of gum. Like straight, like 15 block packs of gum. So what was ever left over from the event, I took home and I'd actually go around selling packs of gum for a dollar. Ooh, look at you selling. I was... I'm always, I just come from that hustle mentality. Yeah. And then also, around junior year, I noticed a lot of people got into the trend of wearing the designer belts, so the Gucci, Fendi, Prada, things like that. So actually what I would do is, is there was a website that I could order replica belts from China, and I would do that, and I'd sell them in school to other people to make more money. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, Gary V talks about that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the dollar store. You buy something for a dollar, turn around, and return it at Kmart yep. for five. <laughs> Take that four dollars and go buy something from the dollar store again. It's yeah. the mentality, man. Yeah, so, so, so that's awesome. Um, all right, so thanks for taking the time for coming out. You had a little bit of a drive to get here, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, everybody, I'm Dr. Vince Gutierrez, physical therapist over at Functional Therapy Rehab here on Infantry in Joliet. You can find me there. You can find me on Facebook. How do people find you again? Um, I'm going to comment my link to my business page, and then y'all also post just some, my email and you know, things like that so you can get in contact with me more. Perfect. Everybody's got a story. You heard his. What's yours? Thanks, man. Thank you so much, man. <laughs>